As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleOmics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting live and on demand from Buffalo, New York, where there's a lot of snow on the ground and on the trees. Uh, the day is December 18th, 2022. The time, 11 a.m. Eastern. We are going head-to-head. Yeah, I know, we're going head-to-head with the World Cup right now. It is currently halftime. I believe the score is 2-0 Argentina over Macron's France. Macron is in attendance. Uh, but yes. I am joined today. I, I, we haven't seen him here on WrestleMonics Radio. It's, it seems like in quite some time, but here making making his return, and in, in the absence of Jesse Collings, conspicuously, is Chris Gull. Hello. Hello, yeah, we've had some Bills home. Actually, I think it was on two weeks ago, though, but yeah, we had some Bills home, Sunday home game action. But last night, it was Saturday night Bills home game, and uh, I, I am here. I got enough sleep after it. It was an interesting night. Yes. Uh, so you were live in attendance, a yeah. season ticket holder. Saturday night flex game was going to be today. No, it got flexed. The Bills and Dolphins, uh, pretty close game, uh, pretty snowy game. I know uh, the NFL had to reprimand people, including you, for belligerently throwing snowballs onto the, onto the field. Um, totally unacceptable behavior that I condemn. I don't support that. Uh, the NFL said that they will pull this car over right now and penalize your home team 15 yards. If this, this continues. Uh, so <laughs> I did not throw any snowballs as a fan. I was annoyed. Not that they were throwing snowballs to like hit referees or officials. I mean, I guess that's messed up, but every time I would see a snowball, I thought a flag was getting thrown. I don't know, like, cause you just see something come really fast on the field and you're like, Oh, where's the flag? And you're like, Oh no, it's a snowball. Um, but, uh, here, so that is not my first experience of something like that happening. Brandon, it wasn't snowballs, but I attended a Buffalo bandits game, the professional lacrosse team in Buffalo a few years ago. And they were doing beach balls in the crowd and the beach balls kept coming on the field. And the re- official said, if another beach ball comes on the field, we're going to give Cesaro a, will come out and tear it apart. <laughs> we're going to yeah. give a penalty to the Buffalo Bandits. Um, but here's the thing: as soon as they made that announcement again, that the Bills would get a 15 yard penalty, every Dolphin fan I could see near my section or in my section threw snowballs. Yes. <laughs> like, so, I think uh, I, I may have said this elsewhere. But I, I think everything that you need to know about U.S. politics, you can understand from watching an NFL game. I stand, I stand by, I, there may be someone else that originally said that, but I, I stand by that. Um, um, it was a it was great TV for the NFL. They got a close game, 
and they got that fourth quarter snow globe effect. Mm-hmm. The NFL's loving it today. Yes, uh, the, the greatest comeback of all time. Yep. That record was broken. Uh, the, I'm no longer. I can no longer say that I was in attendance for the greatest NFL comeback of all time. I was, I was in attendance when I was like seven years old to the um, the Bills and Oilers playoff game in January 1993 when Steve Christie. Remember Steve Christie? Mm-hmm. I remember hit Steve the, Christie hit the field goal. Was that did that game go into overtime? Uh, or, yeah, I think I think so. it did. I think yeah. it did. Yeah. Um, anyway, we are going to talk about predictions today. The year, the year of 2023. You thought 2022 was big. Well, there's TV deals coming up in 2023. Uh, maybe some other things coming up. Certainly some other things will come up in 2023. That that I am confident of. Um, so I guess uh, where, where, where we'll begin is um, looking back, though, holding ourselves accountable to our predictions of 2022. But by the way, if you want to participate with a super chat, or I, I suppose if you want to request that we um, make a, make a different prediction in addition to yeah. what we might predict, feel, feel free to throw a super chat in or on, on that, or if you have any question or comments, or if you want to submit your own prediction, have at it. Um, but we will, we will address our 2022 predictions, which we did last year at this same time of the year. Uh, and we, we, we made, we made several of them and we will make some of the, some similar, uh, question. We will address some similar questions, but here they are. Yes. I went back and listened to our podcast from last year and I wrote down the answers and now, now we will, we will grade them with, with question. The first question we asked was, will NXT be on the USA network at the end of 2022? Pretty close to the end is, is, is NXT still? On USA Network. Yes. Yes. We both said yes to this. I should probably tell us, say what our predictions are first. We both said yes. So we're both correct. Both correct. Uh, will, will, uh, will Ring of Honor run an event in 2022? Brandon said yes. Golo, though, said no. Yeah. I thought Ring of Honor was done. We thought it was all done, but little did we know oh, there was a lot in store for the Ring of Honor <laughs> yeah. brand. Um, so I was right. You were wrong. Um, and, and then we have, a, we have an interesting question here. Will a wrestler in, currently in, then in December 2021, currently in NXT 2.0, be in a show-closing match for a main roster PPV, also known as PLE, in 2022? Brandon said yes. Golo said yes. We, we, we discussed things such as, Braun Breaker being that's who I thought it was going to be in a pay-per-view main event. And I I have determined that technically the answer is yes, that solo Sokoa, who I'm pretty sure was in NXT 2.0 at that point. I have not gone back for the record and and checked to be 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure he was, um, solo Sokoa technically. Yes. He, he was in the war games match that closed survivor series last November. So we have that at least. Uh, so we're both correct there. Next. Who, if anyone, will beat Hangman Adam Page for the AEW title? And Brandon wisely said, CM Punk. Gullo, though, he was a little bit ahead of the game here. MJF was his response. Um, CM Punk did beat Adam Page, but MJF would go on to to become champion at the end of the year. Um, So I've uh, I've written that I I was definitely right. And I, I, rather than making your answer 
I saw him in yellow. No one's seeing this, unfortunately. But rather than making your answer uh, red, I made it orange. Because you're kind of, you're on the right track there. Uh, Who, if anyone, will beat Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal title? We both said Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. No one did. The answer is nobody. Nobody beat. Now, if Vince is in charge the whole year, maybe that happens, but... Maybe. I think even Vince would not be taking the title. Because I think if it was going to happen, it was, was going to happen at WrestleMania. And it didn't. Yeah. And that's that's obviously Vince, Vince time. Um, our second page. This is the second half. I, uh, actually, this is the second third. Will Wyndham Rotunda sign with AEW, Impact, WWE, or another company? Brandon said WWE. He knew that, the, that that's the only place that could really handle Wyndham Rotunda. Golo, though... Uh, theorized a possible additional wrestling company coming into the fray, coming in to capitalize on that massive, endless live sports media rights opportunity. Uh, and he said, yeah, Wyndham Rotunda will end up with another company, not, not, not including AEW Impact or WWE. That, of course, was incorrect. Uh, he went back to WWE, but none of us, of course, foresaw that Vince would be on the outs and that uh, Paul Beck would bring him back, though. Next, will New Japan get a weekly TV show on a linear TV network in more than 30 million homes? Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is written strangely. I, 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 this needs to be added, but we get the point here. Will, will New Japan get on, uh, get on TV in the U.S. on a network that has more than 30 million U.S. households? Um, we both said no. No faith in, in New Japan, uh, but it did. And I, I, I believe I wrote the question. This is sort of maybe debatable, but I, I, last I knew, Access TV was in 39, 39 million homes. So that's kind of what I was going for. Uh, will they get on a network that's at least as covered in the cable universe as Access TV is? And they ended up on Access TV in just a few months from when we were making this prediction by March. Actually, I think by January. Didn't they have reruns through like weeks later? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we were both wrong there. Next, how many times in the same week will AEW Dynamite have a larger P1849 audience than WWE Monday Night Raw? I said five times. You said three times. I thought when I was, you know, writing, writing what the answers to this, to this, uh, set of predictions actually was, I thought I was, that's eh, definitely zero, but go back January 17th. Yep. I didn't realize it happened one time. One time, January 17th, it must have been a Monday Night Football game that was a playoff game, I'm guessing. January 17th, Raw delivered a point four three point four three in the demo. And Dynamite two days later, same week, delivered a point four four, just edging out Raw. Uh, point four four point four three. So both of us wrong, but you closer. You were closer at three rather than five. Um, <laughs> Then, how many times in the same week will Dynamite have a larger P2 Plus? That's total viewership audience than Raw. Zero times. We were, we were all right. I don't know why I marked it right here. We were, we were both right. Uh, and who will buy? Here we go. Who will buy WWE's next day VOD rights currently held by Hulu? I said Peacock. I was wrong. Golo, though, was even more <laughs> wrong by saying Tubi. Um, which uh, we'll talk about later, but you, I'm on a Christmas movie that's on Tubi TV. We'll we'll do this you are, later. Uh, you're 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 in a Christmas uh, film. Yes, that's on available on Tubi TV. Okay, more on that. More on that to come. <laughs> yeah, soon. more of that later. Yeah. Um, and, and I wrote here that the answer is Hulu, sort of. 
extension, they made an extension to align the rights to expire. So the, the question that at least the spirit of the question, I think that I had in mind a year ago was that, you know, who's going to renew and keep these for the long term? And I guess this is semi long term, they're going to hold them for another two ish years or so. But um, we'll see where they end up. Um, both wrong, though, I will, will say there. Um, and here's now we, we made some ratings predictions. Uh, that that people can see on the screen here. I get so we we did a a total viewership prediction and a P P eighteen and forty nine prediction for each of the I guess six weekly wrestling shows that are nationally televised or were nationally televised at that time. Um and it's the the end result between you and me here is it's basically we basically split this fifty fifty. Um I was dead on on the demo. So we were asking what is the average viewership for this program at the end of the year? I was I hit SmackDown exactly 0.52 in the demo, and that's what SmackDown is averaging. I know there's like two more measurements to go here or something like that, but it is currently at a 0.52. Uh, you were closer with the total viewership at, at two million though. It is it is currently averaging up 2.159 million viewers um, on Raw. I was closer in the demo. Uh, you were closer in total viewership, where, where neither of us were particularly close there. Raw is currently averaging a point, uh, 1.76 million viewer, viewership average and a 0.47 in the demo. Uh, Dynamite, you accurately predicted the Dynamite demo rating, 0.35 in 2022. That's that's where Dynamite is. Again, this this still has you know two more weeks to go, but 0.35 was, was completely accurate. You were also more accurate than me on total viewership. It's currently at 961,000. Um, and Rampage, which, especially going back to listen to our discussion last year, I, I, I don't think we anticipated the degree to which Rampage did decline. Nonetheless, uh, you predicted a 0.17 demo rating. It is averaging a 0.16. Close. Uh, I was a little bit closer on total viewership. I predicted a 485,000 viewers. It's currently at 475,000. NXT outperformed our expectations here. 0.14 in the demo. We both predicted 0.13. And it did a higher total viewership average than either of us predicted. 629,000 viewers it's averaging on the year. You predicted 550,000. You were closer. Uh, and Impact. Uh, I, I undersold Impact. You were pretty close. Uh, it, and <clears throat> Impact is averaging 106,000 viewers. You predicted 97,000. And we were a little bit low on the demo. It is, it is averaging a 0.03 p rating. So I guess what might be interesting here is, is to look at like which shows did better than we thought that they were going to do. And clearly NXT did better than we thought it was going to do. Uh, Rampage underperformed, sort of. I mean, you had 450. You were expecting it to do worse than it did in total yeah. viewership. That um, Friday time slot, man. That's what you said last year. We, we were both a little high on, on the demo, though. Um, Dynamite, we were, we were under in total viewership. But we we're both pretty accurate on on the demo. I predicted 0.34. You predicted exactly what it is, 0.35. Um, and Raw, we were low on. Raw did better than we expected in 2022. Um, and SmackDown did in total viewership better than either of us expected. Even though I I, I am an, I am a, a, a accurate SmackDown demo ratings predictor. Um, so anyway, uh, so so I guess winners here, right? NXT. Yep. Raw, big winners, uh, and and sort of SmackDown. Yeah, I think that pretty. That's that, the trend, yeah. That 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 is consistent with 
with uh, December 2022 Brandon Thurston's uh, concept concept of what the of, of the business right now. So anyway, uh, that's those are our our predictions for. 2022 um despite being the person who tweets the ratings every day uh not a very accurate ratings predictor <laughs> rel- relative at least to chris gull maybe you're just really good gull i don't know it's uh, it's all very lucky guess <laughs> okay uh again if you want to put a question in to the super chat feel free to if you're watching live yeah. um so now i guess <sighs> i feel like there should be like some some dramatic music here it is time for the 2023 predictions. And we have some similar questions, but uh, some, some interesting and new questions as well. And we will start with the news of the day. The question, will Vincent Kennedy McMahon be reinstalled as CEO or, or in any, let's, let's cast a, a, a fairly wide net here to, to account for, the, I think, the spirit of, of what this question would be. Will Vince McMahon be reinstalled as CEO or in any other corporate title? I suppose that would include like things like something like board of directors of World Wrestling Entertainment, Inc. sometime in 2023. Um, I think we, will, we might spend some time discussing this, I guess. Um, so I, I I did a talk last Tuesday. That's on the free feed on, on the on the post wrestling feed as well. Uh, just talking about the Wall, new Wall Street Journal story that came out uh, this past Tuesday, right? That's when it came out, um, and I've talked a little bit about it on Thursday. Um, any any thoughts you would like to share about maybe in particular the media coverage of this story that came out from the Wall Street Journal? Um, will Vince McMahon come back? Oh, by the way, he also uh, there's another allegation that he, he uh, allegedly assaulted another woman. Back in 2011. Yeah, so that, I mean, and that's kind of where I'm going on this. Um, I did, so I read the article, and then very shortly after, uh, I saw a lot of headlines from wrestling news sites. You DM'd me. Yep, saying, Vince McMahon wants to come back to WWE? They took that as the main story, not the uh, the sexual assault allegation in 2011 from the spa manager. And I was pretty disappointed in wrestling media about that, because if that was in another space, say sports media, finance media, whatever, I feel like the story would be, Hey, there's another allegation out there. Um, but a lot of the headlines were, unfortunately, Vince wants to come back to And when you put a headline out like that, even if defer- it's, he, Oh, he had six. Now he has seven. Yeah. I mean, when you put a headline out there like that, people, that's the story they're going to try to like dig more upon. And it, I just, I didn't like the coverage of it. There were some sites that covered it right. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of sites that didn't. And I was pretty disappointed. In it. What, what will get more engagement though? That the, the news that uh, Vince McMahon, who has six known sexual assault allegations against him, now has a seventh, or well, that, that happened too. But he's, oh, Vince might come back and get back in control that- of WWE. Then you're not a journalist, not you're excusing. a content creator, but you're not a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's yes. what you are. You're what, an influencer, what, what, you're a content creator, not a journalist. What if your 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 main focus of coverage is is the business aspect of of wrestling? Still okay, but here's the thing: you I'm not can still kind of say I'm just explore. No, exploring but you could say like, you know, another allegation has come to fruition as Vince wants back in WWE and 
and where we're going to talk about this prediction, where my prediction is going to come is because of this allegation coming out, I find it almost impossible that Vince would be back in WWE. Okay. That, um, that would be the business perspective of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, just, just to, to quickly detail the details, if, if people don't know. So the, the Wall Street Journal report that came out on Tuesday um, reports that Rita Chatterton, who alleges that Vince McMahon uh, sexually assaulted her, basically raped her in a limousine in 1986. She's looking for a settlement of $11.75 million. Uh, she's, in, she's been in contact, or her lawyers have been in contact with Vince's lawyers. And another woman accuses him of assaulting her at a spa in 2011. Uh, we don't, we, the, the, the journal doesn't report what amount of money she may be looking for, but she's apparently been in contact with Vince's lawyers as well. So that, that's the story. And, and the journal also reported that Vince is looking to make a comeback. He feels that people close to him gave him bad advice uh, by, you know, convincing him to resign, retire, as he did in July. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll really get into this because um, I've been asking a number of lawyers, multiple lawyers, about um, how, how feasible is this? Um, before we, we get to that, you have seen the Vince documentary, the, uh, the Nine yes. Lives documentary on Vice. Yeah. Um, thoughts on that? Um, I think it was, if you're a casual wrestling fan, and I know we, we, that term gets thrown around, interestingly, but if you're somebody that kind of knows wrestling or somebody who really doesn't know wrestling at all, it was mm-hmm. a very good documentary, and it was a timeline of all the almost controversies that, that Vince had and Vince coming to power and all that. For somebody who's, you know... A, I would imagine for our WrestleNomics, which I appeared in, we should disclose. Yes. Yes. Uh, I feel like they knew all of it probably because there wasn't much new information to the wrestling historian, to the wrestling journalist, to the, just the person that wants a knowledge of pro wrestling. And this, it's worth magic. This documentary premiered, it was supposed to premiere two two months ago, but that, that was going to end up being the same day as the NXT and and dynamite head to head because of a preemption. This was supposed to premiere that, but this premiered on on the, the night that this Wall Street Journal article came out. Um, maybe that raised expectations that people would think that, wow, we just got a revelation from the Wall Street Journal. Maybe there's, I think, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but there, were, there were certainly were. I saw in, in a lot of the feedback and discussion about the documentary that there was some expect, expectation among people that there would be some some new insight or some re- revelation or, you know, maybe they would talk to wrestlers. Well, apparently wrestlers maybe didn't want to talk to them, but, but you know. Uh, there were there were higher expectations, uh, at, le- at least from a lot of wrestling fans for this. Um, so, um, could Vince come back? Well, Vince Vince McMahon is the controlling shareholder. He has about a third of the third of the, the shares. However, he has eighty percent of the votes because each of his shares count ten times versus the standard share. So he he has eighty percent of the votes. What does that mean, though? Do you have any any um, concept concept about what that means, Golo? That he has voting power. What does that mean? He's not the CEO. He's not the chairman. He's not no, but in this company, apparently. It, I mean, like day to day. Um. So he would have voting on major transactions, like a sale. Yes, like, I believe. Yeah. So this is my understanding. Yeah, not a lawyer, but I've tried to learn a lot about this. So he would have to approve of any sale. If this Wall Street Journal report is accurate and Vince truly wants to make a comeback, he would have – then I don't anticipate that W is going to be sold anytime soon because Vince McMahon is not going to relinquish the control that he needs to make a comeback. Um, 
what do I think? I know, I know I've seen people talk about this story and say, well, I don't know if this is really the, the, the case that Vince really wants to make a comeback. Maybe it's just somebody who fears that, that Vince might try to make a comeback and, you know, maybe they're just trying to get ahead of the story. And you do kind of get this, this sense reading the story that maybe he kind of does. Maybe there are rumblings that he wants to make a comeback and and you know maybe wall street journal sources are sort of helping this story happen and, and saying hey if you want to try to make a comeback we've got more bad news about you buddy and and here's here's just just one one unit of that um obviously i don't know um so he he would have to prove of any sale now when it comes to how, so i've asked a number of lawyers would it be feasible and basically all of them say, well, technically, yes, it would be feasible. And how would that happen? Um, they, so there's a board of directors. And who decides who the board of directors are? Golo, who, who gets to decide? Um, I mean, that, that would be the, uh, the investors, right? The shareholders, yes. yes. Shareholders, yeah, shareholders. Shareholders. And, and, and who are the shareholders? Vince McMahon. <laughs> well, majority. Obviously, there there are a number of shareholders. There's tons yeah. of financial institutions. You know, Linsdale Train has long been the leading uh, institutional investor in this company. Uh, major mutual fund managers like BlackRock and Vanguard, and many, many. You can go on W's corporate website and you can look at the list of of all these financial institutions. Dozens and dozens of them who hold WWE shares. You, the retail investor, if you go on to your, you know, your stockbroker, you, you buy some WWE shares, you can have a vote in the WWE annual shareholders meeting. But ultimately, you hold no real power because one man holds 80% of that voting power. So, so the, vo- the, the voters, the shareholders control the board, right? They get to approve. Um, so my understanding about the board, so I think some companies, there's a, there's a staggered term terms for the board in terms of like some of it, it's not as if they all come in and they can all be voted out. Um, my, my understanding of this company is that they're all approved of all at once. There's annual shareholders meeting every, usually it's every um, April last year was in May. I think there may be, may have been some scheduling changes here because of the, um, because of COVID the prior year. So anyway, the, the shareholders meeting, which it interestingly it, 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 I realize now, and it does sound right at the time, the shareholders meeting in 2022 was on May 19th, same day, by the way. I don't know if this is meaningful. Uh, same day that, that Stephanie announced her, her leave of absence, May 19th. Um, she did not leave the board. It's important to note here. She, left her, she temporarily left her position as chief brand officer, which was her title at that time. Um, so there was, there was a board, the annual shareholders meeting, which is different I know it sounds similar. It's different from the quarterly earnings call. There's a quarterly earnings call where they report financial results, but then there's the shareholders meeting where their shareholders get together and they approve of the board. And you can go back into WSEC filings and you can see the record of this every year where they vote. We've got it on the screen right now for people watching in video where they vote on whether they approve of each one of the members of the board of directors. Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon. Paul Levesque, Steve Coonan, Ignacy Laud, Eric Nardini, who was a member at the time, Steve Payman, Connor Shell, who was a member at the time, Manjit Singh, Jeffrey Speed, Alan M. Wexler. Those are the members of the board of directors. Most of them are independent. Some of those, obviously, are also W executives. Um, and we can see here 
these these are the number of votes that were for. These are the number of the votes that were withheld. They're, they were all approved, as they always are, because one man controls 80 percent of those votes. He probably he obviously votes to just approve of them all. Um, what could happen here? Conceivably. I guess what could happen here is that Vince could just find I, I, I assume we're, we're I think we're, it's safe to operate on the assumption that this board, which we have the, the, the board makeup is slightly changed since that that filing. This board is probably not going to bring Vince McMahon back. <laughs> Perhaps, though, Vince McMahon could install his own board of people who will approve of him. That's he gets a team, a team together like he starts finding people and then bring them to the shareholders meeting as candidates. This yeah. is this is conceivable. And I mean this in the loosest way possible. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, it's I don't have a strong sense of whether or not this will happen. Um, I've talked to people who think this is this is never going to happen. And that was certainly my, you know, my first my gut reaction when I heard about like this is never going to happen. Um, but really, you know, what's to stand in his way? I don't know if he really wants to, to, to make a mess here. Um, if he wants to burn down his own house so that he can have the property, perhaps he could. The question is whether, whether he really wants to burn down his house. And I think you would, there are members of his family who are on this board who he would probably have to oppose. Yep. <laughs> so who knows what the, what the status of the, you know, what, what the state of this relationship is with the, with, with his family members, but that, that would, he would, uh, have to be in some pretty serious professional conflict with his family members, I would think. Um, so the timing of this is is particularly uh, precarious too. So let's say it's it's in May or April. I think it's it, that's when the, the the shareholders meeting is going to happen, May or April. And what's going to also probably be getting close to happening in May or April for this company? Very very oh, t- t- TV rights. Yeah. In, in 2018, when they made their TV deal, when was it? It was in it was in May, June, that time frame. Uh, so if, if I'm if I'm the average W shareholder, if I, I have, let's say I have if you have some vested interest in this company, um, the last thing I would want is is this uncertainty, this hostile takeover threat happening, leading right up to the time where you got to finalize the most important deals for your company. That is your U.S. live rights deals. So this would be a very, <laughs> a very financially threatening thing, I think, for the stock price, um, and for th- that because it is a, it would be could be a very threatening thing for the TV deals. Um, I understand in the Observer, Dave wrote about this somewhat and, and and said that the shareholders have some power here. I'm not sure that the shareholders have a great deal of power. That is, the shareholders who are not Vince McMahon. One man controls the votes. Who has the power here, though? Uh, Certainly, NBC Universal and Fox have a lot of power here. If they're willing to say, "Hey, look, there's no do, Vince. We're not. We're not interested in working with you. Um, if, if you you succeed in a hostile takeover, hey, we're talking very very theoretical. I'm envisioning people, you know, swooping into this conversation and thinking that we're saying that this is going to happen. I, I don't. I don't know. But we're just playing out how plausible this is. If, if NBC Universal and Fox say we're we're not playing with Vince. Then what company does he have to take over? He he has a t- he has a company with with no incumbent at least TV deals. He would have to find other networks that are willing to deal with his controversial self, and are willing to pay him enough money to continue to finance the business. Which 
uh, you know, this this is not a small business at this point. This is not uh, the 1997 WWF. This this is the 2023 WWE, which has hundreds of millions of dollars in expenses. Um, he would greatly damage, I would think, the the PR state of the company, and perhaps greatly damage the media value of the company. He would, I think, greatly damage the morale of the talent and probably the staff. So anyway, he as I, as I as I tweeted the other day. He maybe he could take this over, but only at great cost to the company that he would be taking over. Um, he may, I, I, I guess, I my my tentative belief is that he may bluster further, but I don't think he's really going to make it happen. Um, now I can say though, then again, what 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 the, everything that I that I think I know about Vince McMahon would would love the idea of me versus the world. I'm up against adversity and these giant powers that are out to get me. And Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal is trying to discredit my name and just smear me. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go up against all of this, all these people who are challenging me. And I'm going to take back what was taken away from me. I mean, this, this sounds like the ultimate control freak thrill ride uh, for, for somebody who loves that very kind of thing. Um, Could he run to be a board member? Like just to be a, a, an independent board member he, and he like put himself back on the board. Yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, I maybe that, that could sound, be interesting. That doesn't sound impossible. Um, but where, where do you find where do you find people who you know where do you find you know ten or eleven other people who are willing to to, to get into this muck with you? Um, that that's another question I think. Um, and I've, I've talked to other people who think you know. That maybe just the resolution of this ultimately will be he will be talked into selling the company. Oh, here's another thing that, I, that I've heard discussed, and, and now I, I have a belief about it. The um, here's the question: Is that well, what if some company, some major company, who knows, NBC Universal, Amazon, uh, Endeavor, they offer, let's say, they offer to buy WWE at a premium, so uh, uh, an offer that would really benefit WWE shareholders. Uh, you know, it's it's trading at you know over seventy dollars a share. Let's say they come in and say we'll pay a you know, I don't know one hundred and forty dollars a share for WWE. It's a six billion dollar market capital company. I ah, will pay we'll pay twelve billion for it. Let's let's say, um, and Vince re- let's say that happens, and let's say Vince refuses that, uh, thus denying shareholders the ability to double the value of their stock. Let's say that happens, and I've asked the question to lawyers: Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that? Um, cause liability for him in, 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 in a shareholder lawsuit where hey, you're not upholding your duty. Well, wait, fiduciary duty. Vince doesn't have any more fiduciary duty. Yep. He's not a member of the board. He's not a CEO. He's just a shareholder. He doesn't have any duty to anybody here. Is my, that's what I've been, been told. And that's, that, that's what I believe at this point. Um, isn't that the most realistic scenario with us? Probably. It's just Vince denying a sale. Like I'm not saying that WWE will sell, but like of a scenario of him, like, you know, getting a, a group of people to be on the board of directors or giving, getting himself on the board. I think him denying a sale would probably be the most realistic of any of these options with him holding that much power. You mean in terms of him being Voting. a detriment to something? Yeah. If any of these scenarios happen, I think it's probably him denying a sale. I, I just don't know. So, and I've also talked to people who think that, you know, maybe the resolution of whatever this episode is that we're now perhaps in maybe we're not in it at all but the, the resolution of this episode is maybe just that he they, he finally does get convinced to sell Whew, okay he's out of power and we're done with that problem that's 
possible. Yeah. I don't have a strong, <laughs> I guess we, if we get back to the original question of like, will, will Vince McMahon come back? I guess I would say no. Um, I'm going to say no too. Yeah. But I don't have a strong belief about that. Um, you know, yeah, he, he's, he's somebody who I, 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 again, I was surprised that he even resigned in the first place. Um, and I'm sure we talked about it at the time. The, the notion that Vince McMahon would back down and, and, and recoil from controversy rather than not play the victim and, and try to, you know, steamroll through it is very surprising. We have a and super consistent oh, and also consistent with, with the notion that he would, you know, try to make a hostile takeover. Go ahead. Now we have a super chat prediction uh, from uh, MJ from MJ. Uh, around the build of WrestleMania, he'll be announced for the Hall of Fame. Be installed as a chairman, uh, emeritus type. See, I'm not going to pronounce words like that. And be celebrated by sympathizers in Hollywood. That well, MJ's bold prediction. Who, here, let me ask a question. Who ultimately makes the decision, you think, at this point, about whether... Well, I guess it's, 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 it's any of them. Ultimately, whether or not Vince goes into the Hall of Fame and whether Vince is going to be allowed onto W programming anytime soon is, is I'm sure is going to be, would, would be a decision that all of the major executives, or at least the top, the top three that I have in mind would have, have the input on. Um, and if he's looking to really do this, then, um, I don't think that's going to happen. We've heard people from close that are close to him that he would never want to be in the Hall of Fame. Now that's obviously pre all this, but that he's not someone that wants that spotlight. So my my prediction is Vince going to be in the Hall of Fame in twenty twenty three in the W Hall of Fame. No, um, that would be my prediction. I don't think that the people who have the power in WWE would want to do that for one thing ahead of TV deals. It would. It, it could lead to speculation or maybe a belief that Vince is still very much involved and TV networks may or may not be happy with that. Maybe TV networks don't care. I would think they probably care somewhat. Why do I think that? Well, Stephanie has made it clear that this Vince story hurt their ad sales and I believe hurt their ad sales with TV networks, not just like their ability to negotiate sponsorships for PLEs or something like that or other ad deals, but for the television programs for Ron Smackdown. That hurts TV networks. That hurts your biggest TV relationships. Most, not just your biggest TV relationships, your biggest relationships, period, in business. All right. Uh, and uh, we see your other super chats. When we get to a relatable topic, we'll, uh, we'll address them or address them at the end of the show. Um, do we have anything else to say about Vince here? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, it's, uh, I will say it's very interesting to see whether, whether he will go go against his family and go against people who have assumed power since then, including Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, Stephanie McMahon. Happy holidays to, to the McMahon family, by the way. Um, all right. Where's Raw going to go? Which media company will buy U.S. live rights to WWE Monday, Monday Night Raw as part of WWE's new deals? You go first. I'm going to say it's going to be NBC Universal. They're going to stay in the NBC Universal family. I agree. I can't see Raw going outside of the NBC Universal world. Um, okay. On to the next. Which media company will buy U.S. live rights to SmackDown as part of the new deals? I'm going to go Amazon. You're going to go Amazon. Um, 
I have a note here. Where's my notes? There they are. Um, I am I, also predicting Amazon, as I wrote in a notepad earlier today. Uh, Amazon, and I, I think we'll, there, there are many ways this could go. It could go company acquisition, despite all the, the, the mayhem we just mentioned. Um, it could go... Does what happens with these PLD rights? You know, does, does that somehow does an extension of that deal get 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 rolled into all of this? As clearly the the Hulu rights have been rolled into this timing, as I believe likely the NXT rights are rolled into this timing. Um, I think another question we could, we we could ponder here too is if I am predicting Amazon, I'm not super confident in that, but I sure I'll predict Amazon. Um, However, the the thing about leaving Fox is you are you are leaving broadcast. You are leaving what is still. Where's the World Cup on right now? It's on streaming. It's on, it's on Amazon Prime. Is it on Tubi? It's on Fox. It it might be on Tubi for all you know, but it it is primarily being broadcast on the Fox Broadcast Network. I have it on this TV right here. It's being picked up through my antenna. Broadcast is still a very powerful and high reach. It is the highest reach platform that you can have. Um, it is the it is the most valuable reach platform that you can have. So maybe what I'm what I'm getting at here is that maybe if they do leave Fox, that they end up with some sort of maybe at least occasional program on broadcast, whether that's NBC uh, or something else. So um, that's what speak, I watch for. Speaking of Fox, we do have a prediction, a super chat prediction uh, from. Uh, Nick NP, uh, 80% chance Raw will stay in USA, but there's always that 20% chance Fox could make a second attempt to bid for Raw. Uh, Major uh, pro in the latter is a return to two hours. That's an interesting... I never even really thought the concept of, of Fox trying to get Raw. They're going to have to pay a lot of money to get to get Raw down from th- the, the the wrestling fans' dream that, that Raw will be, will be back to two hours someday. They're going to have to pay a lot of money to WWE. To, to make that happen. Here, here's something that we should lay out here too that will be important to these questions that we're going to do. Oh, don't worry, we're going to do AEW later. Um, so what I believe about both of these situations for, for WWE and Fox, for WWE and NBC Universal, for AEW and WBD, I believe they've all got um, exclusive negotiating windows. So that means they'll negotiate with the incumbents first and perhaps make a deal with them before this ever goes to open market. Um, in in the case of, I think this is especially relevant to WBD, but in the case of, let's say, the NBCU relationship with, for Raw, you, maybe NBCU offers them X, you know, and in, in, in the exclusive negotiation window for, let's say, Raw, and WB can, can take it or go to the open market. Uh, if they go to the open market and they can't get something that they feel is better than, than the X, offer that NBCU gave them, they come come crawling back to NBCU. NBCU is not going to offer them X, I would think. They're going to offer them this, some percentage of X, you know? So there, there's a risk, I guess, in going to open market, if um, which which makes it safer to probably to, to, to finalize in, within the, uh, the exclusive negotiation window. And I was rereading um, an article from 2018 that that deadline put out, sort of looking into how the Fox SmackDown deal came together and um, the the the, uh, the article says you know it, they they uh, they were in the, the exclusive negotiation window and as soon as it expired like it expired at, at like five p.m. or four p.m. in the in the, the early evening and like as soon as that happened they they had a meeting with Fox for for SmackDown um, so apparently that's something that happened um, so anyway 
do we, do, is there, is there a question we should address here? Um, I think it's unlikely that this will happen. Uh, I think I don't, I, I, I would not predict that, that raw is ever going to be less than three hours again, unfortunately, yeah. as, as, <laughs> as, as, as nice as that might be, uh, for, for wrestling fans. Um, and if it happened, it would have to be at such a premium, right? Because they're getting paid more to deliver more content. Yeah. SmackDown is worth 205, $205 million average annual value. Raw is worth 265. So SmackDown is more expensive by the hour, but they're getting more for Raw because it is an extra hour. Um, anyway, have we answered this question? We have answered the question. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah we Amazon. Amazon. How much of an increase will WWE get or decrease or decrease or flat? You can, you can choose flat too. Will WWE get and it's U.S. live rights deal, presumably that will be finalized next year. Um, I guess we can we can say let's 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 set the table. I guess that Morgan Stanley believes. I believe are are they are they up at one point seven x now for their base case? I think um, I would have to go back and look. I'm, we talked about it the other week, um, but for a long time, Morgan Stanley their base case had been one point five x. I think they they see the the consensus now higher than that higher than 1.5x and to be clear mathematically what we're talking about here is is a 50 percent increase 1.5 1.7 is a 70 percent increase and so on so um gosh what's your what's your prediction though uh i still like that 1.5 and let me be clear what we're talking about here we're talking about whatever it is right now which is 470 million dollars for raw and smackdown combined I'm asking how much is that are those two properties worth in the in the new deal? If SmackDown ends up being like three hours on Amazon or something, that, that totally messes up our ability to 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 account for this. But anyway, go ahead. What you what do you want? Um I'm gonna go with the one point five. I'm gonna go very moderate on it. Uh I you know, a lot of the year we've kind of 1. predicted 5. that as the number and uh we've had this conversation too where eventually the sports media rights is gonna flatten a little bit. So you know, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but I don't know if they'll get a historic increase like two or 2.5 or anything like that. I would go 1.7, 1.7 X, 70% increase, which would be what, what dollar value? Let's, uh, let's, let's do the math. What's 470 times 1.7 about it's not 799, $800 million a year, $800 million a year, just in, just in us. Just in U.S. Remember, they're going to do India next after this. Maybe they'll get an increase in that. Yeah, they're going to do U.K. Maybe they won't get an increase in that. I don't know. But um, but I but I generally agree in the in the. I think we are approaching a time where the the TV slash streaming business is going to have to reckon with the fact that streaming is not going to going to be streaming, which will which will subsume more and more of the behavior time, is not going to be as profitable. Um, as traditional TV, um, I think it'll be more profitable than than some skeptics might think. But it's 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 not. It's going to take a while, if ever, to be as profitable as television. So anyway, I'm at one point seven. I guess you're at one point five. Yes, because you hate WWE. Okay. Um, moving on. Which media company? Buys U.S. live rights to Dynamite. We'll, we'll, we'll do Rampage later. We'll do these separately. We'll do them separately. But who's going to buy? Who's going to have 
Dynamite in what would eventually, I guess, be 2025, I think. Yes, I believe January 2025 would be the, the, new, the new term, I, I, is my belief. I've mulled this one over mm. because I want to be controversial and say Fox. I really do. But I just think that WBD, with all the changes they're going through, needs as, they need to retain as much live sports race as they have. And uh, I'm going to say that Warner Bros. Discovery, you know, I'm going to go with that. Though Fox is in the back of my head, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you seen David Zaslav's vests, though? Have you seen his shades? Have you seen him talk about cost discipline? Well, we'll yeah. get to that later. Um, WBD. WBD is, is def- definitely sma- uh, definitely uh, dynamite. Um, Rampage. Who buys live rights to Rampage? Is it WBD? Is it someone else? I'm going to predict that Rampage ends up on the max the new streaming service of HBO Max and Warner Brothers Discovery merge. So stays with WBD. Yes. But broadcasting on, on the max. And I, I guess I, you know, we're, we're saying that Dynamite stays on TBS, I guess is what we're saying here. Yeah. Um, that's a good prediction. Um, I will, I will agree that it stays with, with WBD. Um, it's, it's getting really hard. Oh, wow. World Cup is tied 2-2. Uh, we're getting close to 90 minutes. So anyway, the um, it's really hard to see, especially with, with the events of, of, of the, the non-TV deal for Ring of Honor. It's really hard for me to believe now that – it's not really hard, but it's harder. It's harder for me to believe that AEW is really going to go somewhere other than WBD. Why? Because why didn't they make it did, – did they – here's a question I don't know the answer to. Did they talk to anybody outside of WBD about, about Ring of Honor? I tend to doubt it. Um, yeah, I and I, so. I tend to think that either maybe this wasn't interest enough interest. Um, and when I say talk, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm speaking relatively. Did they, did they come close to, to a deal really happening? Um, and you know, I, I think I've, I've tried to ask Tony on, on one of these calls is there's, is there some reason why you can't negotiate with anybody else? And in and, and the case of Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor is a separate LLC. There is an, a different LLC called ROH Acquisition Company, I believe. So it's not. It is not. It is. It is it's not just a joke. It is literally. They are literally. They are two different companies. Um, but like, when? Why is AEW not showing any sign of doing any business with other bidders? Um, I don't doubt that they have talked to other U.S. live rights, U.S. sports live rights holders but there seems to be a lack of of ability to to get real outside of wbd interest um we'll see what happens when i I, so i believe they have an exclusive negotiating window with wbd too that's i don't know a guess nobody's told me that but we'll see if either of these properties end up being reported to have gone beyond the exclusive window i tend to doubt it though um Okay, how much of an oh here 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 we go? They're gonna hang on every word now. How much of an increase? How much over the current forty-four million dollars average annual value? How much of an increase or decrease will AEW get in its U.S. live rights deal that is presumably finalized next year? <sighs> I'm making you do all the predictions first. I'm gonna go three x. Three x. Yeah. 
uh, we, we've, we've done the, um, the video and, and gone through the math. This was several months ago now. I think, I think the, the weakness of Rampage weakens what I would predict here. Because I don't know. I mean, Rampage is worth something. Um, but it's, it's not as valuable a property than it, as it was maybe a year ago, you know, um, because the viewership is lower. Um, and, I, and I've done the math to show at least several months ago that you, you can mathematically justify 3x to 5x. And ultimately, I think um, the biggest factor will be what other bidders are really interested. Um, I'll go 2.5x. Okay. 2.5. So that would put that would put 44 times 2.5x at 110 million dollars average annual value. 110. I'm, yeah, I'm at 132 with th- with the three. So versus 800 for WWE in the future is what is is what I I was predicting. 1.7 for WWE, 2.5 for AEW. Um. They have to get some major increase, otherwise, this business doesn't make sense, right? I don't. You, you can't get a get a even deal and continue to have this business make sense. Um, so it has to be a big, a, a sizable increase. So there's that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think we're at the end of our, of our media predictions. Um, what match closes night two of WrestleMania? Don't, don't tell me night one's, an, I guess it's a main event of a show, but the real main event is going to be night two of WrestleMania. Uh, the Rock and Roman Reigns. Though, what, was la- what was the last match of uh, night two last year, this year? It was Reigns and Lesnar, wasn't it, for night two? I've lived so many of those WrestleManias that I don't even know. I'm trying to remember. I know night one was Austin and Owens. There's a Google machine that will probably tell you the answer. Um, so anyway, I, I agree with you. I think The Rock will find some time. I think I think uh, Reigns will wrestle twice. Maybe we see uh, Reigns in yeah. night one versus Cody Sammy or Sami Zayn. And uh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go even further and make additional predictions here. Reigns will keep the titles, all the titles, 
not dropping him to anybody. That's that's very interesting. He's maybe he, I think maybe he loses to Sammy because Rock screws it, but then he beats the Rock the next night. Um, I think we're we're getting ahead of ourselves here. That, yeah, that is probably. in fact a thing that we're supposed to uh, entertain. So those are, there it is. There's our prediction on, on Reigns. We'll do the CM Punk in a moment. Uh, so no, no one is my answer to will Roman Reigns lose either of these titles in 2023? If so, to who? Nobody. What do you say? I, I'd say he loses one to Sami Zayn. One to Sami Zayn. That's interesting. And you kind of have it both ways there. The, the rain, one of the rains doesn't end. Nope. Because he can still boast that he beat The Rock and the Sami loss was a fluke. And he's still your travel chief. Okay. Exclusive fantasy booking right here on WrestleMix. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, will CM Punk have a match in 2023? If so, in what company? I'm going to say I, no. Yeah, I will say no. He will not have a match. Maybe he wrestles in W someday, but not, not next year. Um, I think just the whatever his contract issue this is my belief his contract issues will 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 at a minimum prevent that and he's he's injured right now we we think anyway um so there's that there's the predictions oh ratings predictions uh, all right before we get the ratings predictions yes let's. i want to do one more roster thing just because we have a lot of super chats well a couple of oh, super wow. chats about it so the, where will sasha banks in wwe or AEW, or neither in 2023. And that's what I'm going to ask because we have some super chats. Do it, but, will she what, uh, have a match? Well, yeah. Will she have a match in AEW or WWE uh, in 2023? I'm going to say yes, and I think she'll eventually end up in AEW. Yeah, I think AEW at this point is, is more likely. Did you ask New, New Japan or Stardom? Well, no. We, 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 know she, we know she's appearing in New Japan. So my big thing was, will she be in AEW or WWE or neither? in 2023 because uh, we do have some super chats to it so let's get to those uh, Delmar uh, Abdi asked if AEW signed Sasha one would expect more spotlight focus and TV time for the division but could change could changes take a toll on ratings going into TV rights are you saying Sa- Sasha Banks would not help them in, in TV ratings she be a I think so TV ratings? No. because there's more of a focus on the division maybe yeah no I, th- I think um I think having Sasha Banks would, on, would only help help them. Um, maybe it would help them with with their TV partner too. To you know the the idea that you've got this this person who's been in Disney stuff. Maybe maybe you can set her up to be in in DC stuff. I don't know. Um, I think she would be a help for AEW's various areas of business. Not to the extent that CM Punk was. No, yeah. but 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 I think she would she would pr- certainly be a great merchandise draw for them if she chose to work with them. Um, she she would help somewhat with TV ratings. She would help somewhat with ticket sales. She would help somewhat with pay per view if if she's booked well. That's just, that's always a condition. And speaking of value, uh, so Jizzle asked, "What is Mercedes' value relative to Becky or Charlotte?" Mm-hmm. So I, I'll say my thing here, and I know that's kind of where you're going to go. We've done the who's a draw. And I think very consistently, Sasha Banks had more Google trends than both Becky Lynch and Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken. Go, go, can you go on Twitter and, and alert the Sasha stands that we're talking about Sasha right now <laughs> so they can all flood in? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I won't be able to easily pull up the data, I don't think. Uh, maybe I could, I could with, with Google Trends. but So this is what I, I believe. Um, when it comes to Google Trends which I think are a good suggestion. They're not the answer, obviously. It's just web search. 
doesn't mean anything necessarily about revenue. And, and, and in fact, yes, we always have to say web search will go up when there's bad news, when there's controversy. When Chris Benoit happens, there's a big spike, right? Um, that said, over the long course of time, I've always noticed, and I believe I could demonstrate this with, with, with a few minutes that we can't spend right now because we're doing a live podcast, but that Sasha Banks has overperformed her push, at least in web search. Okay. I think my belief, my, this is now, this is an opinion. My opinion is that, that Sasha Banks, uh, is in, in, in the, in the course of W history over the last five, seven years, I think there's a lot of talent who have been under monetized. Let's say, uh, I think Sasha Banks is close to the top of that list. Um, I think interest in in her has always exceeded the level of her push. I always is, is often a lot. Um, so, what is her value relative to Becky and Charlotte? Um, similar, mm. at, at least. All right. Now we can go on to ratings. Okay. Um, let's go to ratings. So, what is your Let's try to do this kind of quickly. Uh, SmackDown, next year, 2023, average rating, total viewership, demo. We have some some references here to look at. What is it doing currently? I uh, I will say um, these, these shows are flat as can be right now, uh, Raw and SmackDown. Um, I will say SmackDown, what's it doing right now? 2.159? Yeah, I'll say it's going to do 2.159 next year. What's it doing in the demo? 0.52. What's it going to do next year? I'll say 0.52. Um, I'm going to say 2.2. I think they're going to get a little increase, especially I think 2.2 million. You think SmackDown Reigns is going to go up? Yes, because I think we're going to see some rock action this year. And then uh, 0.52 is average this year. I'm going to go, let's go 0.53. I'm getting an increase for SmackDown. They're going to have a good 2023. 0.53. Okay. Uh, raw. Total viewership. Um, I will say, I will say flat. 1,760,000 viewers total. How about the demo? 0.47 is what it's at right now. I will say flat. Flat for both Raw and SmackDown. Um, I'm going to go see with Raw's at 1.7, you predicted, right? Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go 1.750 for, for Raw. Not much of an increase. And I think a 0.48. I'll, I'll give him a demo increase. 0.48. All right, before we go on to the to the next show, I am going to we're going to we are going to go to the Google Trends here and see if I'm see if what I was saying earlier was was correct. Um, so here we have the entire timeline of Google Trends for people watching in video. Um, the blue is Sasha Banks, the yellow is Becky Lynch, the red is Charlotte Flair. And we can see back here, so this is 2016. Sasha Banks is above everybody. Um, both, both both Becky and Charlotte. Um, and there are a lot of times, with the exception of this time during 2019, during, during Becky's big rise in popularity and her eventual big push around the WrestleMania that she may have invented with Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. Um, this spike right here in May 2020, I guess, is when, when she announces that she's pregnant and she's going to take time off. Um, otherwise, we see a lot of blue on top here. Again, web search is only web search. 
But web search, I believe, often tells you a lot about economic value, too. Okay. Anyway, what's next? AEW Dynamite. What will AEW Dynamite's average be next year? Uh, I'm going to go with 945 for total audience with a 0.34 in the demo. Raw, uh, Dynamite. What, what's Dynamite currently doing quarter uh, on the quarter year over year? Dynamite is currently doing is down 2%. So let's say it's down 2% on the whole year. Um, 2% in total viewership, and I'll go, let's go 10% on the whole year in the demo. Um, so that would put me at what prediction? Uh, nine, six, uh, let's, let's just multiply it by 98%. I'm going to say nine, four, one and what nine, four, two actually is what my math says. What did you say? Is that the same as you predicted? Nine, four, five. Nine, nine four, four, five. All right. I'll go <clears throat> nine, four, two. I'll go nine, four, two on total viewership. 942,000 viewers, uh, and in the demo, I will go, it's at a 0.35, I will say we'll knock it down by like 10%, so that would be a 0.32 in the demo, 0.32 in the demo. <clears throat> Rampage, uh, let's do NXT next, because it's on the list next. Okay, NXT, which is, we're doing this in the order of the, the, the viewership that these shows have, I guess. NXT, currently... 629, 629,000 viewers. What's it going to do next year? I'm going to go 640. They're going to continue to increase. We're going to see some more main roster stars. They are up on the corridor. Um, I will say, I will, I will, I will you know, avoid doing math here. I'll, I'll say um, 605,000 viewers average for NXT. In the demo, currently for the full year, one, four, or sorry, one, Point one four. Point one four is their their average demo rating for the full year. Um, what do you think for uh, for the point one five? Point one five. They're delivering point one three, point one four. I'm looking at the last several weeks here. I'll go point one two, point one two for NXT going lower. Um, all right, Rampage. Oh, I'm gonna go four hundred fifty thousand. Four hundred fifty thousand. Isn't that what you predicted last year? It, on, yeah. on the year, it has it has averaged four hundred seventy five. However, um, last few weeks, it's correct. No, okay, I got to scroll forward here. Maybe I was not looking at the most recent uh, NXT numbers when I was just looking. I did a point one seven, point one three. Anyway, I, I will I will live live by my rating. Um, so this is what they did the last few weeks, 457, 361, 411, 445. I think it's probably going to go down some more. I'll go 400, 400,000 viewers for Rampage, 400,000 viewers. And the demo, 0.16 is what its average has been, is currently doing 0.11. The all-time low is 0.08 two weeks ago, 0.11. 14, 0.11, 0. 0.14, 0. 0.12. I'll go 0. 0.10. I'm going to go 0. 0.13. Because you love AEW. Okay. Uh, impact. Let's let's do Impact. Um, <laughs> we did it last year. We, we could we could do New Japan and we could do Women of Wrestling as well. Yeah. Um, but let, let's let's do Impact and, and stop there. Uh, impact 106,000 viewers is what it's average. Um, but what's it done more recently? Uh, Impact has done 107, 74, 55, 
109. That's an incredible difference. I guess that was Thanksgiving. That makes sense, though. Uh, 94, 56. I'll go 90,000 viewers. What do you think? Uh, we'll go one on one. 101,000. 101. And the demo, I'll say 0. 0.02. How about you? Uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna get this one. 0. 0.02. Okay, fine. Okay. What else have we got to deal with here? <laughs> Any idea what the slide is about? <laughs> There's no way you could. No, 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 no way. Do we have any super chats before I go on to something that's totally unrelated yeah, to predictions? Yeah, we got, got super chats here. Yes. So, okay. uh, first off, uh, earlier when I was talking about the wrestling media, MJ gave a super chat after saying, Preach Gullo. So, thank you, uh, MJ from MJ, for that. Uh, let's see here. I know that we got some more super chats just scrolling down. Very busy today. Thank you all for super chats, seriously. Uh, MJ has another uh, rating super chat here. Uh, 1.2x for Raw, he predicts, is may not even get 1.2x on its own. Are you considering next day rates when you say 1.7? Because that's not apples to apples. That's true. It's, it's all going to get complicated, right? But um, I, I will go 1.7. The thing is, we might not even get a report. We might, might not even get, get information to break this out, though. I, I doubt... We're going to get a report that says, okay, they got this much for Raw, and they got this much for the next day rights. I, I, we may not get that information. Um, I guess I don't – maybe it's the case that that in the context of of live rights, the next day rights are, aren't going to make a huge difference because the the money is so much in the live rights. I don't know what the value is. I, I would guess it's like uh, of, of next day rights for Hulu. I, I think they took a, a particularly low deal. For the extension, I think, you know, before that, it was probably still under $10 million a year, maybe under five. I don't know. So it's it's pretty small in the context of live rights value. So maybe it's doesn't dramatically change how we need to predict this. All right. Uh, yes, MJ, MJ is, 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 is the, the, the foremost bear on, on WU live rights. Yeah, but he's continuing to be uh, active on this. Another super from MJ uh, from NJ. Rampage to Fox is a SmackDown replacement. Uh, he questions uh, Fox uh, cut cost, but keeps wrestling. And Tony Khan's an NFL owner. Look, if AEW looking at Fox does make some sense. Um, WWE, like probably a lot of sports, is, is a loss leader for for Fox. Uh, we believe that based on the Morgan Stanley research we, we went over a couple weeks ago. It, you won't deliver. Let's not go crazy here. AW is not going to deliver what SmackDown delivered in terms of viewership, but maybe it's a better value because you get it for so much less. You get it for rather than giving SmackDown the upgrade that it can probably uh, require because of interest from other bidders like Amazon. Um, you don't have to give it. You, you, you could certainly get for Dynamite or Rampage a fraction of what you're paying currently for, for SmackDown. Will it, which is, which will probably not be as much of a downgrading viewership delivery. If you follow what I'm saying there, if you pay, you know, a hundred million dollars for, let's say dynamite, the can dynamite on Fox deliver half of what SmackDown currently does. Probably something in that realm. It's currently doing almost a million viewers now. So that's about half of what SmackDown does, whereas the alternative is um, giving giving SmackDown not just $205 million a year, but some upgrade in excess of that. That could be, I don't know, 1.5x, 1.7x, 2x, you know, $400 million. So that might make sense for Fox. 
Does Fox care about AEW, though? I have no sense. Are they really interested in something like that? Or do they see some unscripted show, some reality show about cooking or something as being a better value? I don't know. I think Dynamite, if anything. I, I just think Rampage doesn't really have a lot of value to anybody other than one birth discovery, in my opinion. Um, MJ has another Shots one. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just, uh, you know, I, I enjoy Dynamite. Rampage, I don't, I don't really watch it a lot. It's the time. Uh, MJ asks, will raw, will average raw quarter four 23 ratings be below quarter four 22? No, I guess that, that the, I think it'll be relatively flat. I think that, I think flat is a good over under on, uh, you know, asking somebody to predict it. Um, I, I don't have a strong opinion. I'm, I'm struggling to, to find, you know, I think, I think flat is, it would be my prediction. Um, could be up, uh, single digits, down single digits, low single digits. I could be totally wrong, but that, like, that, that would be where, I, where I'm more confident. All right. Uh, and we have another super chat here from, uh, Delmar. Uh, we, will we see more 800 as an average for AW in 2023? So I think, you know, Will a lot of the ratings be in the 800s uh, this year uh, coming up here? For I, the, think uh, we'll see, I think we'll see plenty of uh, 800s. I think we just predicted averages that are still over 900, though. Yeah. So I think they get those million ratings here and there. So but Can they hold, hold that up in an environment that has fewer uh, subscribers? Uh, Sports Business Journal, John O'Ran has published a, a chart, a table that shows you know the, the TV homes for major networks, including TNT, TBS, USA Network, and they're 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 in the in the low seventy millions in terms of households in the U.S., which is we've been kind of going with the rule of thumb that cable is 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 in the high seventy millions or about eighty million. It's 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 down and it's con- going to continue to erode, uh, and that's going to continue to challenge TV viewership. We are in extra time here with the World Cup. Anyway, thanks for joining right. us. Had to add with the World Cup. Yeah. So yeah, we 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 are caught up in super chats, and we really appreciate every single one of you for uh, your super chats. Everybody watching us while the World Cup's going on on a Sunday morning and during the holiday season. So yeah, and I think we we are broadcasting on on um on Twitter as well. Um, so anyway, okay, let's let's try, see if I can if I can tackle this. Um, what one thing that I think um. Can we take, we take, we, we, we thank everybody again for your, for your super chats. Um, one thing that I think we are kind of at the center of that we don't really spell out or maybe think about, um, is that the, the reason why I think some people have interest in, in what we do sometimes or why certain things that I say or tweet get particular attention is because people want, you know, to, to have sort of their, their favorites and, and the things they enjoy affirmed or the things that they really disdain, you know, disaffirmed, if that's a word. Um, and I just wanted to ask, what is that feeling about? Like, say you watch some wrestling show that you like and you've watched some match. This is, a, this, you know, Meltzer's, uh, Dave Meltzer's star ratings are totally relevant to this conversation too. And you think it's awesome. You think it's great, this match. Whatever this performance, this promo, whatever it is, you think it's it's really awesome, really great. You you pick up your phone and you you find 
that that there's people who who didn't like it and and not just one person but maybe a, a lot of people and then you find that you know well there's business information that can tell you whether or not the general audience you know liked it or not and um so there's there's that issue right and i think a lot of wrestling business analysis perhaps perhaps maybe even my own um a lot of wrestling business analysis i think is is often people taking their own preference about a show and applying that to the market um which is totally not necessary to justify your right to prefer whatever you want to like whatever you want and to say that you like whatever you like or dislike whatever you, you dislike you don't need uh you don't need a quarter hour to help you justify liking what you like, right? You don't, you don't need a, a YouTube view number to justify liking what you like. Yet, some of the most fervent arguments on social media, at least in my replies, I know there are much worse ones, uh, but some of those fervent arguments are about that very thing, it seems. This, this unnecessary urge that people have um, to see that their opinion is affirmed by a wider general public and, in fact, a market. Um, and I don't know what that's about. <laughs> and clearly, like, I'm not saying, like, it's these people over here. We're all sort of psychologically involved in it, I guess. But And we've, we've, we've certainly uh, erred in this way. Um, I, I wrote an article once about how um, there is no mainstream wrestling in, in, in the U.S. because nobody – basically, to, 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 to be uncharitable to the argument – there is no mainstream wrestling in the U.S. because basically nobody's doing all Japan in the 90s in the U.S., which just happens to be totally coincidentally. And that's totally a coincidence. That's just, just nothing but a coincidence that that just happens to be my favorite form of, you know, favorite, favorite era of wrestling for, for a company. Um, you don't need – I don't need that, that concept and that, that vision of wrestling to be economically successful, to, to like it. And, and that, that is the mistake that not just not – just dummies talking into a mic like like us uh that's that's not just a mistake that people like us make but that's a mistake i believe that people well within the industry make from from the lowest indie to the biggest wrestling company um there may have been somebody who, re who retired earlier this year in fact who i think was doing that all the time who was projecting his his view of wrestling his preference of wrestling onto the wider public there may be other people in, 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 in wrestling and in the media who are telling you about how they used to like wrestling better when it was this way. And the reason why wrestling isn't as popular today as it was in their days, because it's not like this version of wrestling that I liked better. Um, so I just think that's, you know, that's, this is happening all the time and, and we're not really sorting it out. You know, it's, 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 it's always, it's such a coincidence that, that the version of wrestling that you just happen to like better is also the one that is on the trajectory to succeed. I guess what we're getting at here. So, so to put this in like some concrete example, what Chris Gull, what wrestling show do you watch most often on television? Be honest. You're muted. You're muted. Sorry. You I apologize. Dynamite. 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 We knew it. We knew it. You were trying to pretend that you didn't know that you were muted. So you get away with not admitting it, but you watch mm -hmm. dynamite more than any other nationally televised wrestling show. Um, that's true for me too. So I guess that means I prefer that show more than, more than the others. Um, 
uh, we're all getting around to the, to the point that this, this will be a self-congratulatory lecture. Um, I, I, I guess my big my big change in opinion of late has been that, you know, I think we're we're no longer in this world that like that. I thought we, we, we were we were gradually, very slowly heading towards where where A.W. was becoming perhaps increasingly popular. W was becoming decreasingly popular. And, and, and these two li- <laughs> and, and these two lines were going to meet. Um, I think that that fantasy is over with now, given the end of, of Vince, presumably in, in WWE as head of creative. Um, and we're, we're going to see a more stable popularity trajectory for WWE and AEW. Um, even though I, I prefer AEW, I guess. Yeah. I prefer AEW at this point. Um, still, um, but I don't think AEW is going to become more popular than WWE with this set of conditions, this set of talent, this set of creative with those conditions. Um, I guess we just jumped to, to this and I think there are some, some big moves, biggest moves that were made in this year of 2022. There's a lot of big news in this year. We'll touch on some of it briefly. Um, March 2nd, Tony Khan announces that he has purchased ring of honor, which I believe has become a problem for AEW. I think maybe Tony has had overestimated the value of ring of honor. Certainly when it comes to the media property, I mean, they try, try to shop it around and couldn't find a home for it. And now it's, going to be on honor club, which where, by the way, you know, we look at Peacock and say, well, what's, I, I think a, a big factor in what has stabilized before Vince even left. Well, Vince was still there in 2021. There was a big stabilization as I saw it in W's popularity overall, somewhat because, you know, it was finally the, the end of, uh, of no touring. They went back on the road, but also I believe strongly that a lot of the stabilization of their popularity had to do with not some new star that was built, not some storyline, not some creative direction, the distribution. They just were on a bigger platform, which is Peacock, despite talk going into it that ah, nobody's going to watch these pay-per-views anymore because, you know, what, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna tell everybody who used to watch it on the W Network that they have to go go through the, the, the friction of trying to find some other way to watch it, which is Peacock. In fact, what happened is that Peacock was in uh, many more homes by many times greater than, than W Network, which had at most 2 million. And now we're at, with Peacock here, it's getting something like 18 million paid subscribers uh, and, and something like 24 million who've got access to it because they're Comcast or Cox customers. And these these pay-per-views are watched more than they ever were before. I don't think WWE's lying to us when they say that Money in the Bank was the most watched Money in the Bank ever and things like that. That They say every time they have one of these PLEs. Um, And I think that has greatly contributed to the stabilization of their popularity, which otherwise was in a strong decline. Um, Where was I going with this? Honor Club is going to have such minimal reach. How many subscribers are, are they going to be able to achieve to watch a weekly TV show in a universe where, you gotta, where you've got three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, two hours of Dynamite, one hour of Rampage, you got Dark, you got Dark Elevation, you got lots of other stuff, tons of library content, the entire entertainment universe out there. Um, how many people are going are gonna to go out of their way, which they're going to have to if they want to watch the Spring of Honor television? And how is that going to affect the pay-per-view sales? of whatever Ring of Honor pay-per-views they do. Anyway, I, I think there's all that involved. Probably the the, over-va- the, the, the the belief that Ring of Honor was a lot more valuable than it was. And I understand people have made the argument that, hey, look, Tony's already made his money back on the Ring of Honor deal, which I don't know what the value of it was. I don't know what he paid for it. But he's ran some pay-per-views that have, that have done relatively well. Maybe he has made his money back on it. But 
also, well, that's revenue. At what cost? I think, and Jesse disagrees, that Rampage was hurt by the presence of of promoting this Ring of Honor brand. Um, I agree, too. I think Dynamite was probably hurt a bit, too. So I think the, the, the brand was diluted. Okay, we said that before. That's a big move in 2022 that eh, had a factor in the changing of my belief about what the trajectory of the business is between this very exciting and divisive conversation that we're having about WWE versus AEW. Who's, oh, which one's better? Who's, who's growing? Who's not growing? All that. Okay. Other big move that changed this trajectory. Maybe the biggest of all. July 22nd, Vince McMahon retires. What's the biggest deal that Nick Khan's ever made? Is it a TV deal? Who knows? Uh, it, was he involved in, in convincing Vince McMahon to, re- to retire? Is he one of the people that Vince McMahon purportedly refers to as people close to him that gave him bad advice? I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. If, if you know, I think this was a very good thing for WWE because, well, if nothing else, it removed a sex pest, an alleged sex pest for, from uh, being in the most powerful position in their company. And it removed, second to that, it removed him as head of creative, who is clearly a detriment, in my view, clearly a detriment to the to the, the product. And the product has marginally, I will admit, marginally improved since then. Um, but ticket sales are healthy without him uh we have to bust out a, a wrestle ticks table that i have but ticket sales are doing fairly well ratings oh let's 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 look at the quarter over quarter differences briefly here and let's just focus on total viewership and if we look at look at this if you're watching on on video um i can look back at the last three quarters this year so vince left in the middle of q3 and viewership let's 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 be fair viewership was for for SmackDown was already pretty flat throughout the first half of the year that Vince was present for. Um, Raw was flat. In Q3, Raw improved. Raw is currently flat. Uh, SmackDown is currently up 5% in Q4. So I don't, I don't, I, I, I've heard people say that, people are saying, go, people are saying that, that ah, the ratings, they were good, but now they're not good. I don't know. The ratings are still pretty, pretty good. They're still okay. Maybe I'm yeah. maybe maybe I'm collapsing this too much into Q4. All right, let's look at let's look at the, the monthly year over year differences. And yeah, Raw's down five percent, but it was flat in the prior two months, which are obviously entirely Triple H months. And SmackDown has been up three consecutive months in total viewership. Meanwhile, their strongest competitor down four percent in the last two months. Rampage, as we all know, is down by double digits. Anyway, and NXT's doing quite well uh, as as well. Although they are flat in December, they've been doing better in other months. Anyway, let's not get bogged down and reciting numbers and audio. But I think, you know, I think WWE has has benefited somewhat. We'll see what happens over time. I think there's a lot of a lot of politics involved with perhaps why Triple H has, has not made more changes more quickly. Yet I know there are the, there is the opposite argument here that will say, hey, nah. I don't know. Have you watched this this Raw or SmackDown lately? Which, admittedly, I've not watched much of it. It looks like Vince is booking some of it. <laughs> we got Poker Night on Monday Night Raw and things like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe Triple H has internalized a lot of the Vince philosophies. I don't know. Okay. And then this one, CM Punk gone. Um, this is obviously a major, major story. CM Punk ranting in front of the media um, on September 5th after All Out. Um, 
CM Punk was it was a draw. Sorry to tell you if you don't like CM Punk. CM Punk was the strongest draw by far that AEW has had and will have for the foreseeable future. Um, he helped them in ticket sales. He helped them in merchandise. He helped them in TV ratings. He helped them in pay-per-view buys. We've demonstrated that in the past. Uh, and him leaving has coincided with additional declines in ticket sales, TV ratings, and there's not pay-per-view every month or uh, certainly not every week, but the pay-per-views haven't been as great in their sales either uh, without him. So that's happening. Um, And to reiterate a point I guess I was making, um, last year, this is what if you're watching on video, this is what the 18 to 49 viewership trends looked like. It was the end of the year last year. We were making our predictions. And by God, this is what we were looking at. This was the world that we were looking at, where the red line that represents Raw was getting really close to the gray line that represents Dynamite. And one would naturally think, if one hosted a, a podcast on the subject of wrestling business, that this is a trajectory. This is a trend. And if we extrapolate this out into the future, there's going to be future entanglement of this red line and this gray line. And that's going to result in the, you know, the increasing decline in popularity, at least in this demo for Raw, and the, and the at least stabilization of Dynamite. And if you extrapolate that out into the future, say a year from, from that point, you're going to end up with a Dynamite that is often beating Raw, which is why we chose for our predictions, let's, let's guess the number of times that Dynamite can beat Raw. And in fact, we, we were pretty pretty conservative about it i guess and, and we only guessed like i guessed five you guessed three out of 52 weeks mm-hmm. um but you can understand why this what i will i will call a fantasy was still in the minds and still of fans and still to me looked like a realistic outcome uh that maybe dynamite maybe AEW in some areas in some areas in some areas would compete more strongly and exceed at times wwe but here we go Boom, a year later, that did not happen. The red line got back up. And, and, and we were looking at Q4, which may have been why we were more conservative about our predictions. Yes, Q4 is going to be harder for, for Raw because they're going against Monday Night Football. Um, but even so, uh, Raw just continued to, to do well enough. And, and in fact, you could, you could draw a negative slope. You could draw a negative trend line here going from the entire, you know, going from January to December where we are now for Dynamite. So there's that. And I guess we, we, we could touch on two. You know, the um, I, I have not seen much talk and probably not enough credit within wrestling media has been given to uh, these two reporters from the Wall Street Journal, Joe Palazzolo and Ted Mann, who have reported on one of the biggest wrestling news stories uh, uh, in, in the history of the business in, in that um, reporting on this investigation by W board directors, reporting on the various allegations surrounding Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis. Um, this is a huge, huge story. And and some credit should go to them for reporting on it. And I, I, I don't think that Vince McMahon has been held accountable and responsible for, for what, what he's done, but there has been a consequence in that the most powerful person in the history of the business is, um, at least for now, not, not in nearly the position of power that he was once in um and it was you know and i'm not just i guess i i'm, I'm probably influenced by by my feelings about his, his product somewhat but but 
we can put all that aside. Let's say he's making a great product. I mean, he was, he's got seven allegations against him at this point of sexual misconduct, we should say. Um, and he's not in as powerful a position, at least. So next week, it's Christmas. We're not going to be here live. I'm going to do, I guess I will, I will say now, I'm going to do an audio documentary about this, about the, the entire timeline of this story surrounding Mystic Man, um, which I've started working on and I will plan on having completed by Sunday. Uh, since, since Gullah refuses to spend Christmas morning with me streaming a podcast. Uh, so that's, that's what will be the podcast for next week will be a audio documentary on the 20, the year of 2022 for Vince McMahon. Um, real quick, when you were uh, talking about what's this feeling all about, uh, so Jizzle did have a super chat. It's about getting our faves, what they deserve by what they deserve. They deserve it. They must have it. It's not enough that they're my favorite. They have to have it. Yes. (laughs) They have a right to those objective metrics because they're fantastic. Th- thank you for the super chat. <laughs> okay. Uh, do, we, do we have anything else here? Anything I, 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 over? I, Here's Jolly I, I, Old Saint Nick. I think that's it. Jolly, met Jolly Old Saint, Saint Nick. All right. Um, Jolly Old Saint Nick. Um, yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, happy holidays, everybody. Uh, this has been a very fun year of WrestleNomics for me. Uh, for the Patreon subscribers, you'll still see me this year on, uh, the uh WrestleNomics 30 but for the live Sunday show this is it for for yes. 2022 we, so we should, we should address Tim Biaz am I going to premiere that that'll be the plan I'll, I'll premiere the the audio at 11 a.m. um I should be home to make that happen mm-hmm. um so you can tune in live if if you yeah. if you if you wish to open your your if if you celebrate Christmas and you're opening your presents on Christmas morning you you can listen to to the audio documentary of the, of the fall of Vince McMahon while you do that if you wish mm-hmm. um and speaking of Christmas, I'll get my plug. My only plug this week. Uh, um, a movie I filmed in 2020 during the pandemic. It was actually all filmed on Zoom. It's what? called Christmas Staycation. Uh, but there's some accomplished uh, actors from uh, from Hollywood in there. Not big names, but like accomplished actors. Uh, it's called Christmas Staycation. Uh, it's available on Tubi, uh, Amazon Prime. Um, I believe Plex as well, as far as the free streaming services. But uh yeah, it's on can, Tubi. That's, that's that that was in your contract. I think it had to be distributed it, it, yeah, on Tubi. It had to be distributed on Tubi. Uh, I I play an ex con named Vinny Colizo. I pop in about fifty four minutes in if you just want. You play, to wait, 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 You play what? <laughs> an ex con named Vinny Colizo. <laughs> does does he have like an accent? Does he? What, what is, is me? Tell, tell me about me. this character. Tell He's me about this character. Christmas. He's just, so. So one of the people that so basically this family because nobody can get together on Christmas they have a Zoom Christmas party but the one cousin who's a little eccentric she invites all her prison pals and uh, I, uh, I I'm one of the people the interesting characters that shows up at the Christmas Zoom uh, Christmas party uh, and uh, I have a few lines uh, you know so I, it's it's what are you, definitely what are your lines or would those be spoilers that you cannot release. Uh, I just talk about, Hey, it's a party. I talk about, uh, Boston market at some point. <laughs> and like, there's, there's some funny lines. It's a comedy. So, okay. It, the world cup is now three to three and we are 118 minutes into this thing. Uh, this is, oh man, we got more super chats. They just that's, keep coming in. That's okay. 
<laughs> MJ, whose responsibility is it to keep Vince acceptable? Accountable. Accountable. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, responsibility. This is a deep philosophical question. I mean, somewhat, um, I, I think of the media first, probably because I'm sitting in the seat that we're, I'm sitting in here. Um, the board of directors. Um, if he did something that is in fact criminal, if, which, I mean, if he sexually assaulted someone, he did something criminal. Um, it's the executive branch of the government <laughs> would be um, responsible. Um, it depends on how, how how far do you want to extend responsibility? The fans who support his endeavors? I don't know. Um, the board director, certainly, they investigated him. They did. And the board directors investigated him. Um, Wall Street Journal appears to have gotten information from board directors. So maybe there was some effort from the board in that sense, too. I don't know. Um, Tim B. asks, thoughts on the Mansuri hiring by AEW? This is, is that how you say his name? Michael Mansuri, I understand. Is a, Mansuri, yeah. is it, what, can you summarize this, this story for us, Gull? Do, um, do you know so he... Uh, I, I don't know what his exact position, but he was a WWE uh, employee who now was hired by AEW. Um, is it a production hire? I can't exactly. Remember. He, he was uh, he was uh, by some believed to be the 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 heir to Kevin Dunn. Um, yes, yep. Okay. But he left WWE. He ended up working for for Pat McAfee's show. He briefly worked for one championship championship MMA. Um, and now he's been hired by AEW, which I mean, I have no insight on this, but to, but that people are saying that this is a great hire, and this is um, he's also apparently going to be involved in a change of presentation, maybe production style for AEW in the new year. So I, I mean, I don't I, again, I don't have any great insight here, but it sounds like a good hire for for AEW. <laughs> and then uh, MJ, all these false finishes. And the World Cup won't draw. Yeah. They're, they're not letting up. I, I'm, I'm starting to think that uh, maybe FIFA has is out to get us here. They're they're just well, they're making. There's sure some great documentaries on uh, on the on FIFA being corrupt. So out there, there's a few. So, um, but yeah, now we are all caught up. I'm going to have to be running a lot of timestamps once we end here. Lots of topics today. Sure, I I, I will tell everybody you know, we had a very good year. This is our graph for for patrons for what, what I call subscribers to our Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. So we, we continue to, to grow. Um, we, we've had a pretty good year, I would say, for WrestleNomics in terms of um, it's been a good year for me in WrestleNomics, I guess. We were just this past week, in fact, um, I was quoted in the Wall Street Journal for this story on WOW on women of wrestling, uh, including quotes from Jeannie Buss. Um, we were in the Wall Street Journal, uh, also about WOW in September. I was just in a documentary with, with Vice on, on the Vince story. Um, we joined Post, and we were with Post throughout the entire year, and they've been tremendous partners, big fans of John and Way and everyone involved with Post Wrestling. Uh, we had a good time. I had a good time in, in Newark meeting everybody, uh, you know, listeners and people who are involved in, in you know doing things for Post Wrestling and, and writing things and doing podcasts. Um, we've, we've had Jesse join us, and uh, he's mm-hmm. he's – He's provided a, a, a lot of good debate, and uh, we're going to continue to have good conversations with Jesse, I think. I would like to do uh, next year some more interviews like we did earlier this year with the uh, 
I think the you know the John Carlin interview that we did for the for the network content was was a lot of fun. And I think there's there's other things that we can can do with with a variety of people that you know I've long thought, and hey, maybe we should talk to this person in audio sometime. Um, can I convince you? And I'm putting you on the spot here. Possibly WrestleNomics live show in LA during Mania weekend. Uh, if if you make it happen, maybe. I mean, I can work on logistics of it for sure. I have thought about going to LA. It, the, the tickets are quite expensive to go from Buffalo to LA. It's like over four hundred dollars. But yeah, I uh, oh we can yeah we're, we're gonna see about this is really in the weeds back end stuff. We're like I'm gonna see about making WrestleNomics more of a legitimate business in terms of bank accounts and and perhaps an LLC. Uh, so. So that, 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 that's happening. It's, it's, um, you know, I still have a day job and that's, that's how I support myself. But, um, this has become something that is sort of like a, a part-time job, even though I'm not really sure what I'm paying myself for any of this at this point still. But yes, I, I hope to, that we continue to grow WrestleNomics. I think, you know, in, in, in some ways I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what we do. Uh, so I, that's all, all the things we do, all the success that we've had, to the extent that we've had it, is is because people validate us through being members of our audience and through supporting us through Patreon, supporting us through page, through super chats and through sharing our content and recommending us to, to others. So we really appreciate you for being a part of that. Um, I think that's that's all I had. And if you want to, if you're not already subscribed, you can subscribe at Patreon.com/slash/WrestleNomics. You can get TV ratings reports. Core hours have been there every week. Uh, WrestleNomics viewership spreadsheet. The WrestleNomics 30. Go and I, he's, his tech issues seem to be cured. We will be yeah. back on Thursday to do another one of those uh, exclusive podcasts only for subscribers who also get access to the slides that we're going through right now, in addition to other reports and things of that nature. So thanks for supporting, listening. Hit the like and thumbs up button and all that stuff. We will talk to you uh Next time. Oh, wait a minute. Here's a picture of my dog. MJ from NJ sent, sent Gullo and I uh, a, a package full of dog uh, toys and treats and things like that. So here, here, here's one Fozzie Bear uh, enjoying many of those accoutrements uh, as he was last night. Well, yeah, thank you, MJ, for that. I have not given it to my dog, and I might make her wait till Christmas. So. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. That's all. Talk to you next time. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 